you guys are going to have a nice short Sunday. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to you guys, you all from Mark chapter 14, and we're going to go from verses... Thirty-two to forty-two, Mark chapter thirteen, verses forty-two through thirty-two, and uh, thirty-two to forty-two, and uh, it, it's that time in Jesus's uh, ministry where it, it, it's the build-up, and things are, are are really building up to the climax of his ministry here on earth. Uh, he he he's already had his the Lord's supper with his disciples and. And he's put that that uh, communion uh, directive into place. He institution instituted the Lord's Supper. Then a- after the Lord's Supper, uh, the disciples were all discussing how much they loved him and how much they would never turn against him, never turn their back on him. And he revealed to to, to Peter. He said, "You know, Peter, you say you love me, and and and." and you're real strong in your faith and everything, but by the time the clocks, cock crows, in other words, by the end of the day, you'll deny me three times. So Jesus and his disciples, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus is there to pray. And he understands that he's getting ready to go through something horrible. See, what we don't think about in Jesus' human sense, he understood everything just as a human would understand it. But in a God sense, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. In his godly knowledge, he knew that he would be beaten and bruised. He knew he would be mocked. He knew, he understand what was going to happen to him. The pain that he would endure on the cross. He understood these things. He knew that he was getting ready to have the worst trial in his life. Jesus understood that he was going to be taking on the sins of the world. Christian, non-Christian. He understood he was going to be taking on your sins, your sins, your sins. He understood this. He understood that he would be facing my sins. And he just wanted to take some time for prayer. Friends and family, I have three simple points in this message. And they are all revealed in these ten verses. These verses explain and, and describe the example that Jesus sets for each one of us. Jesus sets an example for us. He shows us how to deal with trials. How to deal with what to, how to do what to do, how to do whatever it is. When you're going through, Jesus gives, Jesus gives us examples of how to do it successfully. In Mark chapter 14, 
verses 32 through 42, we read as follows. Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but you, but what you will. Then he came in and found them asleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he, he went and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy and they did not, not know what to answer him. Then he came the third time and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? It is, it is enough. It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. What I see in, in, in this passage are three simple but profound examples that Jesus sets for you and sets for me. Example number one, personal relationships. Jesus made sure he had close personal relationships. Example number two, he understood his positional relationship. And then the final example took part, he made sure he had his vertical relationship. Amen? Let's unpack this for a second. Verses 32 through 35 read as follows. Then they came to the place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. What you see in this scripture, this, this first block of scripture, is Jesus understood that Yes, he had thousands of people following him. He understood that, that people were coming out of the woodworks, people wanting to just to touch his garment, people wanted to, to, to be able to see him. They were climbing trees to see him. He understood that there were lots of people around that wanted to be around Jesus. 
while things were good. But then he also knew he had this closer group, the disciples, the 12 disciples. He brought those disciples with him to the Garden of Gethsemane. But there was three, Peter, John, and James, only three that he took with them when he went to pray. You see, Jesus understood that you need close personal relationships when you're going through. You know, sometimes you, 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 we as, as believers, sometimes we, we, don't, we don't want people in our space. We as believers, sometimes we, we, we want to keep our, our little, our little um, world clear of any, anybody else. We don't want people to know what's going on in our lives. You know, sometimes we, we, we may have a situation going on. It may not be good for us, but we don't want anybody to know about it. We keep, our, keep people away. You keep people back. Back off, back off. I don't want you to know what's going on in my life. You know, I, I was... Um, Speaking to a, a friend of mine, a lady that attends the church periodically, and, you know, she, she made a comment to me yes, uh, yesterday, and she said, um, Brother Leon, I remember when you came to visit me at the hospital. I said, yeah. She said, no, you don't understand. I remember that. I said, I remember it too. She says, uh, Leon, you don't, you don't understand. I remember that. And I, I was like, I was a little perplexed. I didn't really understand. And she broke it down to me. She said, you know, Leon, when I was in the hospital, you know, a lot of people that I thought were my friends, they didn't come see me. I said, yeah, I understand that. Sometimes people don't like hospitals. What you don't understand is they stopped talking to me. They stopped coming around me. They didn't want to be around me. They didn't want to be near me. It was like I had something wrong with me. I was like, well, you were sick, you know, but no, you don't seem to understand. They're not friends with me anymore. And I said, that was, that's sad. That's sad. She said, but Brother Leon, I remember you. I remember you, honey. Now, I don't know how she remembered me because her, her situation because all I did was go in there and just hold her hand, pray with her, and just be a friend. Sometimes, folks, people are going through stuff. Sometimes we don't, we, we, we see them going through it and we're like, I don't know if I can handle their situation and handle my situation too. But you know what? People need people. God didn't design us to be on our own. God designed us to live in fellowship with other believers. God designed us Christian. God designed you Christian. God designed you to be in fellowship with other Christians. God designed you to know the love and, and, the, and, the, and the, the, the caring of somebody else, of other people in your life. Sometimes we have to be willing I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Sometimes I just don't want people in my business. Sometimes I go through stuff by myself. 
because I don't want people to know it. But God designed you to be in fellowship with believers. Sometimes we're going through stuff and we, we retreat. We sneak away. We back off. We don't want to be at Bible study. We don't want to be at church. We don't want to go to uh, this retreat or, or that thing. We just, we just want to back away. But Jesus says, he said, then they came to this to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. That's 12 disciples, 12 people he had around him. Sit here while I pray. Then he said to Peter, James, and John, Peter, James, and John, three of his closest disciples. He said, you three, come with me. This is an example. You three, come with me. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. You know, sometimes when uh, when we're going through, we don't necessarily need somebody just to, to, to talk to us. We don't necessarily need somebody to, 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 to tell us how to fix your problem. We don't need, need somebody to tell us, you know, what you should do in this situation, what you should do in that situation. Sometimes we just need somebody there. Sometimes we just need somebody to, to watch. Sometimes we just need somebody there to maybe just hold my hand. Just don't say anything. Just be there so, you, so I know that you love me. We have to open that door and allow people to love you. Jesus opened up his life to these 12 disciples and the thousands of people that followed him as well. These three disciples, these closest ones, James, John, and Peter, these three were his closest relationships. And he wanted them there to help him through this time. See, Jesus had to understand and realize he is God. Jesus was God. God is what? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. He's omniscient. He can do anything. He knew what he was about to face. A painful, a brutal, a a degrading death on a Roman cross. An innocent man who had done absolutely nothing wrong. But because he loved you, Christian, non-Christian, he died for the saint and the unbelievers as well. He died on the cross. He was beaten and brutalized and punished for the sins that you committed. He loved you enough. To go to that cross for you. He was going through a trial. That is a trial of a lifetime. He was going through saints. And his example. John, James, and Peter. Come with me. Watch. 
You know, uh, sometimes we, as believers, we think that all I need is me and Jesus. Well, if that was reality, why would Jesus ask his disciples to come with him and pray? If that was the reality, why would Jesus ask John, James, and Peter to come even closer and be even closer with him? Folks, we are designed to be together, to love each other, to help each other, to encourage each other. And we can't be the ones to close the door. We have to be the ones to open the door. Jesus opened the door. And the disciples went with him. Amen? Point number one. I ain't got but three. Y'all gonna have a good Sunday. Verses 36 through 38. These two verses. These two verses are, this is, this is the highlight of this passage. 36 and 38 read as follows. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Family, uh, when, I, when I first read that, that verse, you know, I was struck at how Jesus understood his positional relationship with God. Jesus understood that God is father and he is the son. God has ultimate control of what happens. And he respected that. He understood that. He accepted did that. You see, we as Christians sometimes, we're like, oh, I follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't be going through anything. But the reality is sometimes God allows trials and tribulations. God allows things to happen in our lives. God allows us to go through some stuff. And he is chiseling away. And he is chiseling. Have you ever been through something but you knew when you came through it and it finished up and it was over that you were changed from the inside out? It's just like the, the sculptor. The sculptor takes the chisel and Imagine yourself as that stone, that, that, that virgin stone, and you're that, you're, you're being, he's taking that hammer and he's cutting pieces off of you and it hurts. And, and he's shaping you and shaping you and changing you to whatever that beautiful piece of art is gonna be. He's changing you. And it hurts. 
And then the, the finishing process, when they're grinding it and sanding and grinding, and it just, oh, the pain that's going through in your life because you're being ground and, and sanded and you're, you're being molded and shaped into what God wants you to be. Sometimes we just want to say, God, Take me out of this situation. I don't want to be in this situation anymore. But we got to take the example of Jesus Christ. Abba, Father. Not my will, but yours. Here's, here's, here's the, 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 the beautiful thing when I look at this, this, this word, Abba. It, it's like a little child. When the child, your, your, your child, how many how many men in here that have daughters? Any men that have daughters? I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're, they're 50. You got daughters. You know, I have two two girls. And I know when those girls come and say, they're, they're teenagers. When they come in the room, they say, Daddy. When they say, Daddy, it's on. Because they know they can get just about anything they want. You know, my, my youngest daughter, she, she was um, supposed to be going to the movies with one of her friends. And a friend said, hey, let's go see Boss Baby. And she said, she told her friend, I can't go see Boss Baby, Baby with you. And her friend's like, why? Because I got to see that with my daddy. Man, that messed me up. 14, you want a car? Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> she said she wanted to go with her daddy. Abba, Papa, Daddy. That's how Jesus addressed the Father. He understood his positional relationship. Sometimes we have to understand our positional relationship. Sometimes we are given. The, the, the command to do this or to do that. If the command comes from God, he's going to get glorified. You should take the opportunity to be the vessel to glorify God. Amen. So you guys might, um, notice as I speak, there's a, a slight slur in my, my, my speech. Well, I have something called Bell's palsy. Okay. It struck me sometime in December, and I'm still dealing with it. Now, back in January or February, Pastor Redmond asked me if I I could speak on a Sunday, and I, you know, I was like, well, if I go up there and, and try to speak, People are going to notice that my speech is slurred or they're going to notice that only half of my face is moving half the time. Or, and I had all kinds of excuses. The reality was Leon was embarrassed. Leon, Leon did, didn't, didn't want to have to answer questions. What's going on with, with your face? Are you okay? Leon didn't, didn't want to, to be seen. So I started stepping back. Miss Church a few Sundays. People asking, well, where's Leon? 
started moving away from my calling. Pastor Redmond asked me a few months later, a few weeks later, can I teach Bible study? Well, I don't know if they'll be able to understand me because my speech is slurred. And I started moving away from, from God, moving away from, from the things that God wanted me to do and asked me to do. And my opportunity to, to glorify God, I was stepping away and stepping back. And I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. I wasn't doing God's will. I didn't ask friends to come closer. Most of y'all had no idea what was going on with me. I didn't bring in my close friends. I didn't bring in the deacons. I didn't bring in any of the ministers. I didn't bring anybody into my life. I went into my pity place. I'm just giving you my testimony, y'all. I'm not proud of it. But this scripture, when, when Pastor called me last week and said, well, he texted me because, you know, the pastor don't talk on the phone. <laughs> he texted me and said, hey, bro, can you preach on Sunday? I, I understand it if, if you can, but, and I said, you know what, Pastor? Yeah, I, I'll preach. I said, they might be wondering what's wrong with me. My speech is a little slurred. He said, bro, my speech is slurred all the time. But I was given that opportunity again to be just a simple vessel with the opportunity to glorify God. And I said, I can't pass it up this time. And for the whole week, For the whole week, I had a message made by Leon. It was ready. It was ready. I, I, I was going to preach this message, and I was going to do that thing. And then God said, no, that's not the one. So that was around Wednesday. So I said, okay, got another one. About last night, around 10, God said, mm, that's not the one. But God, the internet is out now. We, we can't do anything new. You still got pen and paper, son. And he drew me to this passage. And I started seeing the example that Jesus was setting for us. Jesus brought his closest friends to him. Leon pushed away his friends. Jesus understood his relationship with God. With God, He said, God, not my will, but your will. Leon said, you know what, I can't do that. But don't you know God is a God of second chances? He is a God of second chances. And he gave me this opportunity again for the sole purpose of his glory. He, he, he wants you to know that it's okay to let people in. It's okay to let people come in and, and, and just sit with you. 
sometimes you, you, you don't know what to say. Don't say anything. Sometimes you, 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 you just needed to be there. You know, um, a few years back, I lost my, my, my dad. I didn't even know that he was as sick as he was. I would go down to Fayetteville to visit with him. He had lost a lot of weight, but he seemed to be doing okay. But every day that I went down and visited with him, and we talked, and, you know, I can say, you know, this from just being honest. I don't think I was there the way I should have been. You know, I, I had stuff that I had I needed to do. I needed to be up here. I had business to run, this, that, and the other. So I don't think I was there like I should have been there. But I had the opportunity to rest while I was there. Because God understood that the trial was coming. So he gave me the opportunity to rest. Christ was going through a situation. The disciples were rested. Christ knew that his situation was dire. He knew the pain that he would endure. He knew the agony that he would endure. He just wanted his disciples close. He understood his position. He understood that it wasn't his will that would be done, but God's alone. The Father's alone. The position. The authority of that was with the Father and authority over the Son. Church, it's difficult for us when situations arise and we're having a, a tough go of things. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it, it, it's, it's health. Maybe it, it, it's your job. Maybe it's your friends. Whatever it is, Sometimes we're going to go through a lot of stuff, and it's going to be difficult. We're going to want to quit. We're going to want to give up. we got to bring our closest friends in, but we also got to know our positional relationship. What that means is we got to know that God is the one that makes all the decisions. God is in charge. No matter what happens, he is in charge. He alone is in charge. And he's going to, God will only do what is best. God is a loving God. He cares about each and every one of you. And there's going to be times where he makes a decision. And it's going to be hard for you to accept. I used to work for Target. I really enjoyed working for Target, by the way. 
those red cards and all that good stuff. It was fun. But Target, they had a different idea for me and my life than me and my family had. So me and Target split ways. I was disappointed. But you know what? It was the best thing for me. Target wanted me to move to Philadelphia. And if I moved to Philadelphia, my kids would have to move to Philadelphia. And it, was, it would have been a big mess. My kids are going to an awesome art school right now. And they're doing great. Kayla, straight A's. Brianna, I mean, you've seen Brianna dance, most of you. And if I had done what Target wanted me to do, I don't think it would have worked out the way it did. And I think it was God's will for me to be still here. Right? And it works out when we follow God's will. Now, would I have enjoyed that six-figure income? Yes, I would have. (laughs) But it is what it is. Positional relationship. Jesus said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. See, he understood that God had control of everything. He said, all things are possible for you. Then he petitioned. He says, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, what you will. That is the most difficult part of a positional relationship. Like when my kids come to me and they say, Daddy, I really, really want this. And I say, you know what? I understand you want this, but I just don't believe that would be good for you right now. So the answer is no. And they go pouting to their room or close the door. Not in my house. Open that door back up. But when they're mad, they're upset. But they don't understand I've been through that already. I've seen that already. No, the answer is no, because I love you. Sometimes God says the answer is no, because I love you. That's understanding the positional relationship. Sometimes the answer is yes, because I love you. Again, the positional relationship. Sometimes the answer is wait, not right now. The positional relationship. We have to understand our position in Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. We have to understand we as the church are subject to Jesus Christ. We have to understand sometimes we're going to do what we want to do, but sometimes Jesus says no. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes he says yes. Positional relationship. Point number three. We almost out of here now. I 
I did want to read this one scripture from Psalm 9-9. And it says, the Lord will, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. If we understand that when we're going through that God is our refuge, he is our our holding place. He's, he's, he's where we can go for protection. He's where we can go for strength and for peace and for joy. It will really help us to, to take the nose and, and understand the, the, the weights and, and be willing to rejoice in the yeses. Amen? That is so important for us. Psalm 9-9. Not what I will, but what you will. And then... Verses 39 through 42. The vertical relationship. He says, again, he went away and prayed. I count two times in this passage, might have been three, where Jesus went away and prayed. You know, a lot of times when, when we're, we're going through situations, we're going through stuff, you know, we, we have all kinds of things we want to do instead of doing the one thing we should do. You got to pray. We, we, we got to call on the name of Jesus in our situations of trial. We got to call on the name of Jesus in, in our situation when we have great concern. Jesus said, Abba, Father. This was his prayer. Listen to it. All things are possible for you. Y'all see me leaning back so I can see. Uh, the um, Bell's palsy messes with your vision, too. I don't know if you knew that. I can barely see out of my left eye. Now I can. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. See, see Jesus understood the vertical relationship. He understood that the communion with God, when you speak to God and you, you, you talk to God, you let him know your situations. You let him know what you're going through. Don't think he doesn't already know, but he wants to know that you know that he knows. So he, you, 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 you speak to him, you pray to him, you ask him, you, you, you petition, you ask what you want. That's what Jesus is showing us. That's the example that he shows us. He's getting ready to be executed, be murdered. He's getting ready to be beaten, his back torn by the cat of nine tails. Do you know what a cat of nine tails is? It is a leather strap with glass and stones and bones in it, designed for the purpose of ripping flesh off of somebody's body. Remember that our Christ, 100% man, can you blame him for this Sometimes we just need to ask God 
sometimes we're in situations where we have to ask. But we have to remember when we're asking, when we're in our vertical relationship, that we also remember our positional relationship. Because while we're in our vertical relationship, we have the tendency to try to tell God what to do. But if you understand your positional relationship, you will understand you can ask. And he can answer however he chooses to answer because his answer is always right. Do we always love his answer? Nope. Every time Publishers Clearinghouse goes down the street on TV, I'm saying, man, God, please let them come to my house. (laughs) Typically, God's answer is nope. But it's okay. Because I understand the positional relationship. Church, I have to be honest with you. I love to read the Bible. I love reading God's word. I love breaking it down, looking at it, seeing what what most people miss in it, and, 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 you know, just being able to to look at it and see different things that that a lot of people would not even notice in there. I love that. that. That's the thing I like to do. I love to read. I am not strong in my vertical relationship. I know you're saying, what? You're a minister. It's something I, I, I have to work on. Some of you might need to work on getting into the word and studying and reading, but you have a real strong prayer life. Some of you don't have either. Some of you have both. But Jesus has given us the, the example, church. We have a responsibility to know his word, but we also have a responsibility to, to speak to him to petition him, to glorify him in prayer, to honor him in prayer. All things we do. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 7 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Our job as believers is to know him, to talk to him, to pray, to love him, and to accept his will over ours. That ain't easy to do. Sometimes we just, we don't want to. Sometimes I don't want to. But you know what? God loves you. And he's only going to do what is best for you. Amen? So we just talked about three examples that Jesus made for us. That first one was personal relationships when you're going through. Bring people in. Allow your friends, your family, Come close. Be there for you. Friends and family. 
be there for people that you know are going through. It, it broke my heart when a young lady told me she lost a bunch of friends because she was sick and her situation, she said people didn't come see her and stop communicating with her because she got sick. That is terrible. That is when we need to really be there for each other. It's called love, people. Love your neighbor as yourself. God loves you, and he expects you to love others. Amen? Then there's that positional relationship. You need to understand that God is in charge. God is is the one that makes the, the ultimate decisions. And our job, as hard as it may be sometimes, as difficult as it may be sometimes, is to accept God's decisions. And then finally, that vertical relationship. We have to communicate. We have to commune with God. You know, uh, it, it, it's often said, when we pray, we're communicating with God. And then when we read the scriptures, that's how he communicates back to us. Well, sometimes he communicates through your spirit as well. So stay in constant prayer with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Folks, there's some of us that are going through some stuff. But you know what? I can do and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you today, Lord, for this opportunity to come before you and and just glorify you, Lord. Father, we know that we could do nothing. We would be nothing if it wasn't for your grace and your mercy. Father, you could allow 10,000 angels to come down and defeat those people that wanted to put you on the cross. But that was not your will. And we praise God that you decided to stay on that cross and die for our sins. Father, we thank you that you, on that third day, rose up and defeated death and the grave. And Father, now, if anyone is willing to receive you as their Lord and Savior, to understand that all that is needed for the saving knowledge of Christ is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is, that's it. Allow him to change you from the inside out. Does that mean immediately you're going to be different? Life is going to be different? 
all your problems are going to go away? No. But what that does mean is immediately you are in the family of God. And your prayers are heard by the Father. They're heard by the Son and the Holy Spirit who lives deep inside your heart. Father, right now, I just pray that if there's anyone in here right now that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, they will come to know you in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If there is one in here who would like to know Jesus as their Savior, it's very simple. It's a simple prayer. And you have to believe it and understand it and live it. Just pray, Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ. That you died for my sins and three days later you rose again. And because of that, you are now on the right hand of the Father. I believe that you are there to intercede with the Father on my behalf. And I believe that right now that I have fellowship with you and I want you to take over my life and change me from the inside out. If that was your prayer, if right now today you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right where you're sitting, will you just raise your hand? Amen, I see that hand. If that's your prayer. Father, we thank you again for that soul that's saved, Lord, those souls that are saved, Lord. We pray that you help that in those individuals in their walk with Christ and that you would just keep your hand on them, Lord. Protect them, guide them, give them wisdom, Lord. Father, we ask all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.